Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of gospel reflection, a ministry of stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Hello and welcome to Reflections from the Heart. My name is Rob Longo. I'm with Stewardship and Mission of Faith, and I'm joined today by my friends Tom DeAngelis and Jim O'Day, also from Stewardship and Mission of Faith. Welcome, guys. Good morning, Thanks. Rob. How are you? Doing good. Doing good. So for those of you who are, uh, who are regular listeners or have been with us before, welcome back. For those of you who are listening for the first time, we are so happy that you're joining us. And Reflections from the Heart is a weekly gospel reflection. So what we're going to do is we're going to look at the gospel that we will hear on Sunday and do something really crazy. Look at it before Sunday, right? So we're going to read it. We're going to reflect on it. Uh, and the gospel for this coming Sunday is John 6, 1 to 15. John 6, 1 to 15. So if you're in a spot where you can grab a Bible, please do that and uh, open up to John 6, 1 to 15. And uh, as always, let's start with a prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for the gift of reflections from the heart, the gift of this opportunity to pause, to open up your word, and just to, just to, to be, to allow you to love us. So Lord, please help us to, to be present to you now, uh, who is always present to us. Thank you for the gift of the Mass and sorry for the times that we've taken that for granted and just kind of showed up and, and, uh, and went through the motions. So, Lord, we're sorry for that. And please help us to uh, have hearts that are open and ready and prepared to meet you face-to-face in your word, in, in, in the congregation, fellow parishioners, in your priests, and ultimately in the Eucharist. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. And uh, this program actually was born out of one of the, the ministries within Stewardship and Mission of Faith called Gospel Reflections, which is a weekly gathering uh, where we come together and, uh, you know, it's an, it's an hour meeting and do the same thing here, but it's a, just a little longer. And in the beginning, we have a series of prayers where we'll have a prayer of unity, we'll invite the Holy Spirit, and we'll pray a prayer that we're going to pray now together called the Litany of Humility. And whenever someone, including myself, and I know Jim and Tom, you shared earlier that this is a tough prayer uh, to pray. And, uh, and, and people, the three of us included, in the beginning, you're, you're, you're uncomfortable. And, and usually throughout, whenever you pray, you're, there's usually something going on in your life that, that'll, that'll hit you. The Holy Spirit will hit you. So as we pray this prayer, there's a response, and you'll, you'll pick up on that. Uh, Lord Jesus, free me, and Lord Jesus, make this my prayer. And wherever you are, just, just join in with us as we pray this beautiful prayer. So Tom, if you can get us started. Sure. The Litany of Humility. Jesus, meek and humble of heart, hear, hear me. me. From the desire of being esteemed, Lord Jesus, free me. From the desire of being loved, Lord Jesus, free me. From the desire of being acclaimed, Lord Jesus, free me. From the desire of being honored, Lord Jesus, free me. From the desire of being praised, Lord Jesus, free me. From the desire of being preferred, Lord Jesus, free me. From the desire of being consulted, Lord Jesus, free me. From the desire of being approved, Lord Jesus, free me. From the desire of being valued, Lord Jesus, free me. From the desire of being pitied, Lord Jesus, free me. From the desire of being served, Lord Jesus, free me. From the fear of being humbled, 
Lord Jesus, free me. From the fear of being despised, Lord Jesus, free me. From the fear of being dismissed, Lord Jesus, free me. From the fear of being rejected, Lord Jesus, free me. From the fear of being defamed, Lord Jesus, free me. From the fear of being forgotten, Lord Jesus, free me. From the fear of being ridiculed, Lord Jesus, free me. From the fear of being wronged, Lord Jesus, free me. From the fear of being suspected, Lord Jesus, free me. From the fear of being abandoned, Lord Jesus, free me. From the fear of being blamed, Lord Jesus, free me. From resenting that my opinion is not followed, Lord Jesus, free me. From the feeling of entitlement, Lord Jesus, free me. That others will be loved more than I, Lord Jesus, make this my prayer. That others will be esteemed more than I, Lord Jesus, make this my prayer. That others will increase in the opinion of the world while I diminish. Lord, Lord Jesus, make this my prayer. That others will be chosen while I am set aside. Lord Jesus, make this my prayer. That others will be praised while I am overlooked. Lord Jesus, make this my prayer. That others will be preferred to me in everything. Lord Jesus, make this my prayer. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, though you were God, you humbled, humbled yourself to the extreme of dying on the cross to set an enduring example to the shame of my arrogance and vanity. Help me to learn your example and put it into practice so that, humbling myself in accordance with my lowliness here on earth, you can lift me up to rejoice forever in heaven. Amen. 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 Thanks, guys. And uh, for those uh, for those of our friends that are listening, if this is the first time you, you prayed this prayer, you might be saying, why? What, what's wrong with with wanting to be loved and all this stuff. It, it, and someone explained it to me uh, very simply. It's, it's the desires and the fears. So we're, we're driven by our desires. We're driven by our fears. And it's not that being loved is wrong or being consulted is wrong, but if we're desiring it and that's like our, our end and our, our motivation and our, our intention, you know, so it's really asking the Lord to purify our desires and to, uh, to remove our fears. And increase our trust in him. So praise God. Thank you. Guys. And it's still a tough prayer. And it's still a tough <laughs> prayer. Yeah. So for those of, of, of you who have listened, you've heard uh, Tom and you've heard me. Uh, so Jim, I'd like to welcome you to not only the reflection from the heart, but the stewardship mission of faith. Thanks, Rob. I'm, I'm really excited to be here, part of the team. And uh, it's amazing work that we're doing. And I just feel blessed to be part of the workings of the Holy Spirit here in the church. Awesome. That's awesome. So if anybody wants to contact us, uh, just... Uh, you, you, you'll hear the, the website, so just jump on the website, send us an email, give us a call if you have any questions, if we can help you start a reflection group or just want to talk about the mission uh, and anything that we do, please, uh, please reach out. We're here for you. So, Tom, if you can share the gospel with us. Sure. A reading from the gospel according to John. Jesus went across the Sea of Galilee. A large crowd followed him because they saw the signs he was performing on the sick. Jesus went up on the mountain, and there he sat down with his disciples. The Jewish feast of Passover was near. When Jesus raised his eyes and saw that a, la a large crowd was coming to him, he said to Philip, Where can we buy enough food for them to eat? He said this to test him, because he himself knew what he was going to do. Philip answered him, Two hundred days' wages worth of food would not be enough for each of them to have a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, the brother of Simon Peter, said to him, there's a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what good are these for so many? 
Jesus said, have the people recline. Now there was a great deal of grass in that place. So the men reclined, about 5,000 in number. Then Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed them to those who were reclining, and also as much of the fish as they wanted. When they had had their fill, he said to the disciples, gather the fragments left over so that nothing will be wasted. So they collected them and filled 12 wicker baskets with fragments from the five barley loaves that had been more than they could eat. When the people saw the sign that he had done, they said, this is truly the prophet, the one who is to come into the world. Since Jesus knew that they were going to come and carry him off to make him king, he withdrew again to the mountain alone. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, the Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks, Tom. And uh, just right off, off the right off the top, Jesus went across the sea, the sea of Galilee. A large crowd followed him. And uh, you know, no matter where we are in life, no matter you know. We're moms or dads, we're husbands or wives, we're in the business world, we're educators, uh, we're stay at home, uh, mom or dad, and some of us, uh, like the three of us around the table here, are in full time ministry. Um, I just put a little note after it said, A large crowd followed him, meaning Jesus, and I just put a note, not me. That sometimes I know I, you, know, you like the attaboys, you like the congratulations, you like uh, the pat on the back, hey, good job. Didn't that, we just do the prayer humility? Yeah, uh, right. All right. It didn't take, I guess. Right. <laughs> need to, need to re up on that. But you know, I think we have to, I have to really uh, just pray that prayer uh, consistently and, and just really ask the Lord to to reveal any, you know, impure intentions, you know, that anything that I do for the kingdom, for anybody, that it's it's truly to give God glory and honor, and and the recognition that people turn to Him and, and not and follow Him, not me. And and still balancing that with with being a light on the hill, because twice in this scripture passage, it says that the crowds followed Him because they saw the signs. We are human beings. We need to see. So in our lives, even though, you know, absolutely we have to pray that litany of humility every day and make sure the focus is on God, not about us, we do need to be that light on the hill so that people can see, hey, wait, there is something different. And all we're doing in, in that is bringing hope. It has nothing to do with what we can do for the person. It has nothing to do with how we can help the person or heal the person. We're bringing hope. Amen. Mm -hmm. Uh, one of the things that occurred to me that I, I think I mentioned a little earlier in the week was uh, this phrase uh, or this line of Jesus, the quote, gather the fragments left over so that nothing will be wasted. Um, it just kind of hit me because over the years, you know, when, when you hear homilies on this gospel, it's always, well, there were 12 wicker baskets just from the barley loaves. And, you know, that doesn't include whatever fish were left over. Whatever. And you look at that and you say, and this really, I mean, it was gathered up so you could see there were 12 wicker baskets. And you have this sense of this abundance. Well, what must have been created, you know, must have been, 
created through the miracle that there were 12 wicker baskets left over. So it's always, I mean, it's, it's a sign, it truly is a sign of God's abundance. And, you know, the, and this is right before the Passover, you know, the Jewish feast. And, you know, it, it plays into the bread of life discourses later in John's gospel. But so the abundance is clear. But the thing, you know, Jesus doesn't say, and he could have, and, and it wouldn't have been, you know, he could have said, gather up the fragments so that you may see the abundance of God, the gift of God, the grace that God has given you, you know, through this. But he doesn't say that. He says, so nothing will be wasted, which kind of struck me as odd because I don't often think about Jesus as kind of a guy that would be recycling or something, you know, but, but there is something about this that nothing will be wasted of the bread of life, of the gift that God is giving to us. And so, you know, all the years that I've read this or heard it at Mass, it just never occurred to me that, you know, there could be something more than just God's abundance, but that it not be wasted, that these these gifts from God, every fragment, every little piece of what we get, every little inspiration, every part of our life is something that's a gift from God and it shouldn't be wasted. So it's a it's a little bit different message. And the fact that it's quoted directly from Jesus gives it a little bit more of a punch to it, you know, because it's fine for us to interpret this and say, look at God's abundance. But that's not what Jesus said. He said, we don't want this to be wasted. Even the fragments, we want to pick up the fragments, put them in the basket and carry them with you because those are, you know, those are precious. Those are gifts from God. So it's It's really amazing when you get Holy Spirit confirmation because... Uh, obviously, we've all heard this scripture passage hundreds of times and maybe read it thousands of times. Uh, but today, this was the first time this morning uh, in reading this passage where it struck me that all the abundance that God has given me, how much have I wasted? Oh, boy. How much time or opportunity or, or just the ministry of presence to be with somebody, but I didn't do it because I felt too busy? And how many times have I wasted that? And and thanks, Tom, because that was just real confirmation to me this morning that God's telling me to work on something in my life there. Mm. And, and Jim, thank you for, for sharing that. Earlier this week, I was listening to a Christian radio station and it talked about uh, a study on how to be more productive at work. And, and what you're saying now, Jim, and what I heard them say earlier this week uh, can really tie in with each other, you know, tie in together for the kingdom, and it said every hour, one of the tips was every hour, ask yourself, is what I am doing now productive? So for the kingdom, it's, you know, is, is what I'm doing now, am I being a light for the Lord? Am I doing something that's going to help somebody else? You know, so really that intentionality that every single moment is a gift and every opportunity to meet someone, we're meeting Jesus. You know, one time I was praying the Joyful Mysteries, and I would ask, you know, do like a little prayer in the beginning and, and for the presentation of Jesus at the temple. I remember I was in Cape May, New Jersey, and I was taking a run and praying, and I was like, well, Lord, you know, what's the deal with the presentation and the visitation? And while I was running right along, uh, you know, little little path before the beach, it came to me that my prayer was, Lord, help me present you to every temple that I meet. We're all temples of the Holy Spirit. So every time I meet someone, I'm meeting a temple. So help me to present you to every temple. And then finding of Jesus, help me to find you in every temple that I meet. So let me help me to present you and find you. So then that should help us to, you know, to not waste those, those opportunities, those, opportunities those, those moments, the, min, the, the ministry of the moment, right? That, that every Amen. single minute, every moment, every person, uh, you know, so sometimes I get distracted with, with the numbers and how many people are there and how many people came to an event that we're doing. 
and uh, and Jesus pulled people aside, right? Zacchaeus pulled him down from the tree. Bartimaeus said, you know, and you know, he pulled people aside. Like he spoke to the crowds, but then he pulled people aside to have that one-on-one encounter. Yeah, I often wonder why, um, you know, Jesus obviously could have walked through those crowds and and just snapped his fingers, and boom, everybody would have been healed. But then we would have had no direction as to what he expects us to do, because we could never do that. The way we can heal people and help people is one-on-one. So he showed us how to do that. He took Zacchaeus out of the tree, and and he ministered to people one-on-one, even even in crowds of thousands. And sometimes when you have an event, I've been in, in Catholic ministry for many years now, and you put all this effort and time into these events, and you're you're stressed about it and how many people are there. And I've learned, interestingly, through God experiences and God moments that sometimes that event might be just for one person. Mm. That's how God works. Mm-hmm. Even if it's hugely successful from a numbers perspective, absolutely, God allowed all that, ha- all that time, all that effort, all everything for that one soul, one of his, one of his kids. Yeah. Amazing, brother. And, and you know, uh, just kind of pulling these pieces together, because Rob, you brought up about, you know, asking yourself in the workplace is what I'm doing productive, and then. Jim, you were talking about kind of turning the events over to the Lord. And I've in, you know, in my prior uh, life as a business consultant and a manager and a project manager, um, those are, I mean, obviously getting work done and being productive is very, very important. So every minute, every, you know, every hour, every day, you know, something needs to be accomplished. You need to keep track of it so you know where you are, what needs to be done. But at the same time, there's a sense of... um, you know, it's so complex sometimes. There's so many things going on. There's so many dynamics involved with people that at some point at the end of the day, you've got to just, you know, do what Pope John did at the end of one of the sessions of Vatican II, where the bishops were up late and they were kind of arguing with each other about something. And he stood up and said, Lord, I'm going to bed. This is your church. You take care of it. (laughs) Sometimes you just need at the end of the day, turn it over to the Lord and say, Lord, I did the best I could, you know, and and I'll be back tomorrow, but I've got to go get some rest and, you know, so I can be productive. But the other, the other point too, is that, um, there's a balance between, you know, you can think about being productive every hour, you know, every hour, ask yourself, but you can get stressed about that too. And then that tightens things up. It makes things, you know, things get testy between people or among people. So the point of at some point in each one of those hours is say, Lord, am I doing what you want me to do? Am I focused on your will? Because for me, if I'm focused on that, not just on what I'm producing, but am I in your Am I in your grace? Am I in your will? Am I doing the right things here? It'll be productive because who's the ultimate producer in the universe? Amen. You know, Lord, so, so I, I feel like, and I've seen this over and over again, you get to the end of the day and you say, wow, we got a lot done today. And, and I say, yeah, but we were kind of in the zone. We were working for each other. We were working hard. We were pulling together. We were struggling, but, but, it, was, but it, was a, it was a joy. You know, to, and you say, well, of course, when you work in God's will, uh, it's going to be productive just because God's productive. He can't not be. You know, he's, he's abundance. He's always giving forth. So there's a truth in that that I think sometimes we we unbalance it, but when we find that that midpoint, it's really it's very powerful. And and, and he wants us to live in his will. He wants a, right. our wills to be united. And, and right. before the fall, they were they're and I mean, perfect perfectly united. There was no human will. It was it was all it was, right. a, it was a united will. And there's a ministry that um, 
that uh, tries to get the messages and the writings out of uh, Luisa Picaretta on on the divine will. And this was 38 huge volumes, but the essence of it is really trading, intentionally trading your will. So time is what you're saying. Because mm-hmm. if, we, if we focus on productivity, then we can get stressed. And even right. in ministry, if we focus on, like, I have to save that person or that group of people, then we can get stressed. Or in relationships, or this person needs to you know, be saved and meet Jesus, and then we get stressed. But if we just do what you said, Tom, and, and trade our, exchange our will, it's kind of like the morning right. offering, uh, you know, just a simple prayer of, Lord, and everything, all of my prayers, works, thoughts, actions, everything I think, say, and do everything, I want to trade my will for your divine will, mm-hmm. so that everything that I do is you doing them in me, right. for your greater glory, for the salvation of souls, and conversion of sinners, and if, you know, if we just pray that prayer, then we're not, God, we, then God will be productive through us, because we're, right. we're and then everything we do, we're aligned. If it's aligned with His will, yeah. His divine will, everything becomes a grace, an opportunity for grace. And sometimes it isn't overtly productive. It's not, you know, outwardly productive, but it's a setup. You know, sometimes it's the beginning of something. And so you're, you know, you're dealing with a conflict between two people and that there needs to be time for it to settle down for them to be able to get back and start working productively together. But, you know, because you're not going from conflict to production immediately doesn't mean that something's not happening. And I think one of the things we oftentimes forget about God's will is that it's not just, you know, it's not just something out of the scriptures or something kind of biblical or something, you know, that something, you know, in, in heaven. It's really the, the way things work. It's the way God has developed things. So people get angry. They've got to work out their differences. You need to be pulled together. They need to talk through these things. That's how it works. There needs to be forgiveness. If those things don't happen, it never gets to be productive. Those people may work together at some level, but it can never be as productive as it could be if everybody was kind of on the same page. But that's just how human beings work. So we need to look at that. Another thing I remember when uh, working with... uh, uh, working in business was I would look at people and say, why isn't that person getting this done? Or don't they, you know, they don't get it or there's something wrong. And, and I and I think, well, what's their behavior telling me? Their behavior is telling me that they're either not clear, they don't get the sense of urgency. So I typically would look at something and say, do they understand what's expected? Do they know the time frame? Do they, you know, so you start asking those questions because how can somebody perform to expectations when they don't know what the expectations are? So the first thing you do is look at, how does this work? If the person knows what's being done, what's supposed to be done or what's expected of them, then, you know, I, I make sure that that's clear. And then if they're still not performing, then, you know, you've, you've got another problem to deal with. But that's the way that it works. And if you follow that, you can be very productive. But if you if you just assume certain things or you have, you know, I know the way that it works, you, you're kind of telling God the way he set up, you know, the, the universe, the way he set up human nature. Well, that doesn't work so well, you know. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, right? So right. It's, it's here now. And, and Jim, you opened up the, the show with hope. You know, you, you had a beautiful sharing about hope. And then uh, you recently shared with me a story about your dad. And that's a beautiful story of hope. I'm sure a lot of people are, have been in a similar situation. Can you, can you share that to, to, to bring us home? Sure. It's, um, it's an incredible story. My, my parents were divorced when I was two. And I didn't have much of a relationship with my dad till I was 14. And then I would see him once a year. Um, and it wasn't really until I had children that I started to build a relationship with my father. And fast forward a number of years, uh, I get a phone call 
uh, from the hospital. My dad's in the hospital with cancer and he's dying and the doctors don't think he's going to make it. So I need to get down there right away. So I get to the hospital and my dad was a very practical, successful man. And so he had a whole list of things for me that he wanted me to know. This is how his funeral was going to go. This is what was going to be said at the mass. You better not sing that song. A whole list. He was very prepared. And I said, okay, Dad. I, I took all the notes, and I said, okay, Dad, and now I want you to do something for me. And he said, what? And I said, I want you to pray with me. And my dad was a big, tough Irishman and hadn't been to church in a very, very long time. And he just said, get out of here. I'm not praying. We're not doing that. And a few other choice words, which I won't repeat <laughs> on the I just knelt down at the side of his bed and, and started praying the uh, Chaplet of Divine Mercy. Hmm. And it was an incredible experience because a uh, nurse saw me and came in and knelt down next hmm. to me and started praying it. And a woman walking by, a stranger, an angel walking by in the, in the hallway, came in and, and started praying it. And we prayed the whole chaplet. And I looked up and my dad had a tear running down his face and said, uh, Jimmy, get me a priest. My dad had not been to confession in probably 50 years, 60 years, hadn't been in church in forever. Hmm. And, uh, you know, received the last rites and, and received the Eucharist, received our Lord. And an amazing thing happened. He didn't die. He went home. Hmm. And uh, it was incredible. He was living, uh, living with a woman, and he married this woman in the Catholic Church. My mom had since passed away. Married her in the Catholic Church, and he, he lived another six months, uh, went to Mass every Sunday. And um, the day he passed, uh, I was called down there again, and we knew he wasn't going to make it this time. Uh, and the day he went home, uh, just an hour before he died, I had the opportunity. Now, again, I'm a pretty big guy. You can't see me on radio, but my dad was bigger than me. Uh, but the cancer had eaten him away. I had him on my lap like a little baby, and that's how he received our Lord for the last time. And an hour later, he went home. Hmm. That's awesome. Jim, thank you so much for sharing because you know, there's a lot of heartache out there with, uh, with family relationships and um, you know, who's, you know, who's right with the Lord, who's not. And, and to that last moment, right? God's yeah. mercy is always there. But sometimes, like you, Jim, we have to invite at Amen. the right time. Yeah. We just have to invite people. Will you pray with me? Just a simple invitation. And even if we get that no... Pray well, I'm going yeah. to pray. I'm going to pray. Well, yeah. I'm gonna pray. And God I'm gonna bless pray you for you. the courage to, to do that yeah. because a lot of people wouldn't have. But that was I the hope Holy I remember that. Me. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So, that's so true. As, as we close out, never lose, never lose hope, right? That God mm -hmm. will always be there, just like in this reading. God will always be there to provide us what we need when we need it. So with that, we'll sign off. Wish everybody a great weekend. God bless you all. Amen. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups, or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make reflections from the heart possible. 
If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.